0: A nine-year-old Metro girl has a new lease on life thanks to surgery at the hospital for sick children. Bye, Dad. Bye, sweetheart. Love you. Love you. Bye, Dad. Bye, buddy. I love you. you bye. Goodbye, babe. Right All righty. Y'all have a good day. Yeah, you too. Those are my kids, Abby and Hudson, and I love them like crazy. Something happened the other day that got me to thinking about dads and kids and God. See, I was gonna have to go out of town for a few days. Had to get up early to catch a flight. Now I woke up before the alarm clock went off and I hate that. Don't you hate that? And so there I lay in bed, desperately trying to go back to sleep to catch that extra five minutes that I so desperately needed. And then I heard footsteps coming into my room. It was my son. He walked up to me, looked at me. He just said, Dad, love you. I, said, I love you too buddy. I said, you want to climb up here in bed with dad? Yeah. And so my son crawled in bed with me. And just about that time I heard this noise coming from our kitchen. It was a familiar noise but it confused me because I didn't know why I was hearing it. So I was about to get out of bed and my wife stopped me and she said it's okay it's Abby. She wanted to make you coffee this morning because she knew you were leaving and you wouldn't have time to make it yourself. And so I laid there, holding my son and listening to the sound of my daughter make coffee for me. A few minutes later, I heard the steps of her feet going upstairs towards her room. And so I got up, came into the kitchen, and there sitting on the counter was a cup of coffee with a little note written on a post-it note that just said, you can't make it without your coffee. I love you. It was the sweetest cup of coffee I'd ever had. But don't get me wrong, I could have made a better cup of coffee, I've been making coffee a long time. But that cup of coffee was made. Out of the love that my daughter had for me. And it got to me to thinking. I think I think that's what God wants us to do. You know, so many times I've always thought about the things that I did for God as chores for him, or having to do something for him, or having to give to him. And that morning I realized that there's something much more to it. God wants us to to give to Him and to do for Him out of our love for Him. So I guess I'm asking you to curl up with God and tell Him that you love Him and make Him a cup of coffee. It won't be the best cup He's ever had, come on. He created the coffee bean, but it'll be the sweetest. Because nothing means more to a father than what his children say to him and do for him out of the love they have for him in their heart.
1: That's a great message, huh? Happy Father's Day. Oh, you're it is father's day happy father's day <laughs> what a bunch of sleepy bums good morning you know i hit me this morning at 6 a.m. i i texted my son happy father's day that's kind of a mind blowing thing that you are a dad and then you have a you know you have a son who by the way I do this with my daughter but it's called Mother's Day so give you know hang with me here I'm not (laughs) but and then your son has a child and now you're saying to him happy Father's Day and what's powerful about that to me is I didn't even want to be a father And then I did want to be a father and then I was going to be a father and when I was going to be a father then I was afraid to be a father and happy and afraid and happy and afraid and happy afraid of being a bad dad and happy about being a dad I suspect every boy become father goes through the same thing. Certainly every boy become father wants to be a good father, a good dad, at least expectantly so. If to your mind you had a great father, I imagine you want to be a father just as good as your own, if not better. If you didn't have a great father I for one can testify you want to be a better father in other words and in either case we're shaped by our fathers we can't escape in an interview a recent one actually from March singer Elton John reflected on his father And in the interview, he said this. <clears throat> they, now I don't know if he had, I don't, he didn't have multiple fathers, but he's just talking about fathers of his father's generation. They wouldn't hold you. They wouldn't say they loved you. I was afraid of my father. I was walking on eggshells the whole time trying to get his approval. He's been dead for a long time and I'm still trying to prove things to him. When asked what he meant, Elton replied, I still do things and say, Dad, you would have loved this. His father died in 1997 without ever seeing him perform live. His father physically touched him most when he was beating him. My mum said Elton in the interview. My mum always says that's just the way we did it in those days. And it didn't affect you. And he replied, What are you talking about? It affects me every day. We're shaped by our fathers. We can't escape it. Mitch album had a good father. Album was known to me solely as a sports reporter, as a writer for the Detroit Free Press. Uh, I first became aware of Mitch album uh, not through any books because he hadn't put, published any, but on an ESPN production, which was a sports channel, the called The Sports Reporters, which was hosted by Dick Schaap, and Mitch Album was m- Many times, one of the panel of sports reporters. But most of us do know him or have heard of his name because of his books like Tuesdays with Maury or The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Album wrote an article. That's why I'm telling you about this, because I read that article. But the article came about because Album was watching The View, which is an ABC network television show paneled by women with a, a huge, huge um, female audience, ladies' audience. I've, I've seen it myself a few times, so they're not all women uh, that watch it. But on this particular day, when Album was watching The View, an actor by the name of Terry Cruz was on the show. And he floated the idea there are some things only a father can give you. Now if you've ever watched The View, you know his opinion wasn't greeted with agreeing nods, but cannon fire. And that is what prompted Album to write the piece that he did for the Detroit Free Press. And this is uh, the title of the article, When Did Fathers Become Expendable? And in the article he asked the question, what does a father bring to the table? Because (laughs) the hidden question is, do we really need fathers? That was the view expressed on the view. And Album, in answering that, said that he could cite a few things that he got from his father. And he mentioned strength, quiet confidence, discipline, responsibility, and love. All displayed differently than my mother. Now you notice, in other words, he's saying those are qualities that we can find in... A mother too, but there's a mother version and a father version, and the father version was important to him. My father also taught us how to be a husband, how to respect a woman, when to lead, and when to support. It's true, writes Album, not all men are like my dad, but plenty are, and fatherhood didn't suddenly, after thousands of years, lose its value. It may be trendy to dismiss dads as little more than fertilizer, but it's not true. In fact, it's pretty foolish. Such is our world, where a comment like that of Terry Crews brings a tsunami. Funny thing is, I remember someone from my childhood frequently saying he he needs his father to do that, and it was my mother. (laughs) <laughs> We're shaped by our fathers. We can't escape it. In fact, C.S. Lewis wrote, Every man has an old grudge against his father and his first teacher. They're not the, different. They're the same. <laughs> his father is his first teacher. among. But the process of being brought up, he says, However well done, cannot fail to offend. Well, between the fathers of Mitch Album and Elton John, there was my father. On the spectrum, I'd place him a little to one side of center between the two. I can tell you from my own experience, we're shaped by our fathers. We can't escape it. And no matter where we rank our dad on the spectrum of father sainthood, Jesus reveals our God is, in fact, the Father of fathers. He wants to be the Father of fathers, and in Christ he is a truly loving, affectionate Father. Jesus himself is the evidence of this, and if you do not know Jesus, if you are not uh, familiar with who Jesus is, his heart, his compassion, his care, his concern, his life of love and devotion to others, to us, to the cross because of his Father, then you are missing out on the nature and character of God the Father, because Jesus is a chip off the old block. I mean no disrespect by that. Jesus is a chip off the old block. This was impressed upon me over the years, and it really has influenced me as a father, a guy who wanted to be a good father. Hesitant, but if I was going to be a father, a good father. And not only, it may seem strange that Jesus is a model because of his character, his values, his heart, his love and affection for people. And that comes from the Father. That is at the heart of who we are to be as fathers, who we are to be as followers of Jesus Christ, as his disciples, as those who bear the name of Christ, little Christians, little Christians, if you will. Well, Mark chapter 1, verses 10 through 11, struck me years ago as I studied the baptism of Jesus, and it hit me in a profound way the words of the Father to his Son on that occasion. Let me read to you verse 10 and 11. I'm uh, reading from the ESV, I think, yes. Uh, This is at his baptism. When he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens torn apart or torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Or, In you I am delighted. These are the words of a father's blessing. Think about it. By the way, they're repeated at what we know as the transfiguration When Jesus had his closest disciples with him, 2 Peter chapter 1 reports that very thing and these words. But what is profound to me and that I want us to to grasp, and you probably don't want me to make a case for it. It It would take a few minutes, but it is instructive to realize that Jesus... Jesus opens the eyes and hearts of his disciples to the love of his Father. And this we know of from him and so much else. And yet it is imprinted upon the writings of the New Testament because it's imprinted upon the disciples of Jesus. A love for the Father because of a love of the Father. A love that is expressed in human form. The very essence of the incarnation to communicate truths in a way that is accessible to us, impressed upon us in a way that they they could not be in any other way. How profound are these words to the Son of the Father, a blessing. Words that every child needs to hear from his or her father. Words that every child, child or now adult, needs to hear from the Father, our Creator. How instructive to us that they come at the beginning of Jesus public ministry not at the middle alone or at the end at the beginning what a what a combination you are mine you are mine you are beloved in you i i take delight in you i have delight those are powerful, powerful words of blessing. And they're ours in Jesus Christ because the Father sent the Son to establish a relationship with Him as Father. These words, you are mine, provide a sense of location. I think it's it's hard for us to kind of step back and, you know, it's kind of like when it comes to being grateful for things. A lot of times we take stuff for granted. If we were isolated, if we were, you know, prohibited from enjoying a lot of the stuff that we just expect every day and day, don't even give a second thought. And in a way, we, sometimes that happens when we're, you know, coming across these profound truths about our God and about who we are as a result of those truths in his word and that have been revealed by Jesus. These words provide a sense of location, and that was never more impressed upon me than reading an article from a a man in, in anticipation of Father's Day, but in the... In the, in the story of his life, at four years of age, his father left him and his mother. So he never really knew his father. It was a big hole in his life. But it was filled in many ways by a stepfather who adopted him. But then the father that he called father, the, that adopted him, he was killed tragically in an accident. And so he's grown up in his life asking questions that we all kind of ask, but, boy, they're put in stark relief by this man's story and the questions that he actually asked. Who is my father? What is my father like? Will I be like him? And I want us to understand that when a father is in a person's life and Claims you as his child. You are mine. Has that sense of belonging that a father uh, can establish in that relationship. It really plants and grows the seed of identity. And that is so powerful. So influential. So formative. For a life. You are mine isn't obviously about ownership or control. I mean, if that's what we're thinking, we're not doing it right. You are mine, these words are rooted in a sense of belonging. Our kids will struggle, just as we at times struggled, maybe a lot, maybe not so much, with our sense of identity In Jesus Christ, we find our identity. And we see that displayed in the fatherhood of of our God when he establishes in his words to his Son, you are mine. You are mine. That sense of identity helps us when it is spoken into our hearts. It helps us navigate turbulent times. We as fathers need to speak those words into the lives of our children. What was it we were singing this morning? Really touched me. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And because of your love, it's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. That's what we're talking about. You are beloved. Not only you are mine, you are beloved. All children require the assurance that they're loved. But love can be complicated. Too often it's conditional. We've known, we who are adults, kids certainly know this, that a love that roots, that comes because we obey or perform or accomplish. We know that pride and love that comes from our parents, and, and it feels good. Feels nice. But it's not the kind of love you can build an identity upon. Because that love comes from what we accomplish, what we merit, what we achieve. And if we can't achieve it, can't merit it, can't accomplish it where does the love go where does the identity go that's the kind of love that god's love eclipses transcends takes to a whole new level in jesus christ and we see it in jesus and it's a love that's to characterize us a love that's based not on merits, but on intrinsic worth. And think about it. Think about worth and identity established by a love that isn't whimsical or based on your ability to perform, but on your ability, the ability... I don't even like the word ability. Let me replace that. It's based on a relationship. It's based on a belonging that's established by love from beginning to end. That's the kind of relationship that we have in our Heavenly Father. And that's the kind of relationship that we can be establishing with others as we grow in Christ and grow in the Father's love. I like that word, beloved, or beloved. It's kind of an old-fashioned word. To know you are not just loved, but beloved. That's a love that roots our identity, not in merits, but in the love that we have for them, who, for who they are. Any child who knows they're beloved meets life with a safety net. They can risk, try, fail, fall, get back up. They know they are loved for who they are, not for what they do. And that kind of love creates freedom. That's what Paul preached a lot about. Galatians our liberty in Christ. It's established by that kind of love. And I delight in you. Those words, you are mine, you are beloved, I delight in you. To be loved is vital. To be delighted in, that colors life with joy. When a father takes delight in his kids, it makes clear that the relationship isn't just a chore or an obligation or a burden, it's a joy. Sometimes we come home, you know, we're weary from the world. And when we get home, and I'm not, this isn't just true of fathers. It's true of us all. But we get home, sometimes it's like, hey, I just, I, want, I can grouse, I can grumble because there's a commitment. You've got to love me. I'm the, I'm the father. But there's a delight that comes out of that love that really can take over and be influential if we're not being guided by the world, but instead we're being guided by our Heavenly Father. You know, I haven't had an easy time as a father, and that includes Shelley as a mother. We've got some special situations. When my son had to come back home and uh, I invited him out of necessity and he was with us four years I never expected that I don't know how the world would have liked it or the you know parenting guide Um, I know he didn't want to be home a man with a master's degree. But I took the opportunity, I saw the opportunity, the unparalleled opportunity to get my eyes off myself and see what God could do in this less than perfect or less than ideal or less than recommended situation. And the first words out of my mouth to to him were, God is going to make some special memories in our lives while these days are ours. I think that's because God awakens within us a delight in the world, a delight in our children, a delight that just comes from His love. A delight that we As recipients of his love ought to be able to pour out on others. When you know that someone delights in you, their eyes light up in your presence. Their hearts lift when they think about you. They delight is really a gift to the other person. You're able to see past painful circumstances a little easier more able to take criticism without letting it wipe you out, able to deal with the inevitable negative people that you can encounter in a day, and definitely keep us from being a negative person. So I mentioned the timing of these words, this blessing, that these words came to Jesus not at the end but at the beginning. When Jesus heard them, he hadn't done one significant thing yet, He hadn't preached. He hadn't healed. He hadn't said the things that we quote. There was no following, no crowd, no nothing. Here at the beginning, before anything notable had been accomplished, the Father affirms Jesus' identity. You are mine. I love you. I take delight in you. And this becomes our blessing in Jesus Christ. God the Father says, you are mine. I love you. I take delight in you. And we dads, we can model that to our children. Yeah, we're shaped by our fathers. We can't escape it. But there's a new father in town. You know, there's a new father in our lives. A father that fills the holes, heals the wounds, and takes us beyond ourselves and beyond any human father. To the things that make all fathers great. The Apostle John knows it. His words, beloved. Note the word beloved. Beloved, we are God's children now. The, the very, calling us the very word beloved, 1 John 3, 2. The Apostle Paul knows it. Be imitators of God as his beloved children and walk in love. Ephesians 5, 1. This is the Father, you see, who said, I will never leave you. I won't quit you, nor will I abandon you, Hebrews 13.5. And I don't have time to go through all of the references, but in four different places, we're told God the Father has adopted us, given us a whole new status, made us heirs, even co-heirs, with His Son, Jesus Christ. Do you know you are a co-heir with Jesus Christ? You can't get higher status, higher position in the eyes of the Father than that. And that, by the way, is Romans eight seventeen. He said, you're mine. With His very breath, He poured out His Holy Spirit into your life to say, you're mine. In fact, Paul says, the Spirit in our lives is an bone, a pledge, like a wedding ring. It says, you belong to me. He's given us a new identity in Christ. How many times? Put off that old person. There's a better version of you at work in your heart, at work in your life through the Holy Spirit, God's purpose, God's plan, God's trajectory for you in Christ is to become Christ-like. That's a new identity. John tells us in his gospel, no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with him. And the very words mean bosom, or chest, the breast, torso, just at the Father's side. He has made him known. We know this through him. If we're in Christ, we're shaped by our Father, our Heavenly Father, and we can't escape it. The Father wants to shape every father into a father of His love. Beloved, First John four eleven through 13, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He's given us His Spirit. Well, that's full circle. Will you stand with me? I want to be a chip off the old block. I think you do too. I wanted to share some of these thoughts with you to ground your heart, you know, anchor your heart In the truth of God's Word in Jesus Christ and what has been accomplished through Christ in his death resurrection and the outpouring of his spirit we are different people in Jesus Christ and some of the most beautiful expression of that is what we read this morning which was uttered at Jesus baptism and in a very real way it is uttered over us because of Jesus Christ in our lives Let me pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for such a great love, such a touching, intimate, precious love. May it inspire us. In your strength, may we inspire others with your love. In our households, as moms, as kids, as officers, as captains of industry, in service industries, in whatever role we have right around us, and especially as fathers, may we love as you have loved us. We praise you in Jesus' matchless name, and all of God's people said, amen.